Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. We're on the air. Glad to have you. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Appreciate you uh, kind of showing up and, and being here. And uh, joining us now from the NFL Network, you can always see his stuff over there, former Packers wide receiver as well. Number 89, James Jones is now joining us. JJ, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, fellas? How y'all living? Doing well. Uh, you know, we're doing right now better than the Green Bay Packers are when it comes to the wide receiver position. So before we get into any other conversation, you give me your thoughts on what's going on in Green Bay. Well, I mean, shoot, we all know Devontae gone. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing we can do about uh, <laughs> now we can do about getting him back. But um, at the same time, I mean, I think it was, if you are going to make that move, I think it's the right time that they made the move because now you're able to, you know, work in the draft. You still got some, you know, solid free agents that's out there. So I'm really just waiting to see what they do. I think that's where we're at now. You know, I think they definitely need to go draft on, but I do believe they definitely need a veteran to come in that building too to be able to help, um, you know, a lot of those young guys and just a guy that's kind of sure-handed and, you know, you know, knows how to knows how to really play in you know in that kind of weather and things like that. So, you know, you lose Devontae, arguably not even arguably. You know, you lose him, the best receiver in the National Football League, and you got to do something to replace him. I know they're probably going to do that in the draft, but I would love to see them bring in a veteran as well. Uh, now I'm going to go back some years. We were in Miami for the Super Bowl, and you and I had a chance to talk. You were talking to me about how hard you guys worked to get open because of the plethora of talent you had. You had Greg, you had you, you had Jordy, you had had Randall. I mean, you had plenty of guys, and all the way going back to that Super Bowl, you had Donald and you had those guys in the mix and Jermichael. When, when you have that many weapons, it gives you so many options, but when you only have really one guy, maybe two, how difficult is it for the wide receiver and for the quarterback? Well, I mean, when you only have one guy, I mean, you know what? It's really the best of both worlds because when you look at Devontae and, you know, he he didn't really have a lot of help on, on, on the other side of him at the wide receiver position. So when you look at that, you automatically know coming into the ball game that you're going to get a lot of targets if you're Devontae. You know, that Aaron will be looking for you. You're going to get a lot of targets, you know what I mean, to be able to make some plays. So that's a bonus, right? But another thing you're going to get is you're going to get all the attention. You're going to get the best cover corner on you. You might even have some safety help over the top of you. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to get open, you know, and, you know, that's why Devontae is so special because everybody knows the football is going to him year after year after year, game after game, play after play, and he still continues to find his ways to get open. Matt LaFleur did an excellent job of moving him around, you know, in the offense and creating ways for him to get the ball. So, you know, that that's what makes him so special. You know, when you have myself, Jordy, Donald, Greg, Randall, you know, a bunch of guys that can really play. I mean, it's really pick your poison. The only sucky thing about it is, is you know that one day, one game could be my day. The next game could be Jordy's day. The next game could be Greg's day. You know, and you might not get a lot of opportunities. But the good thing is, is you know that you're not always going to have the best guy on you, and that will be your time to eat. And it just makes it that much harder on the defense. 
So now, defensively speaking, if you have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and let's just say, and I agree with you, I think they need to go get themselves a veteran, but let's say they can. Let's say the price is just too high because of how many teams are now looking for guys. How long does it take to bring a guy or two in that are rookies and say, okay, you now go out and need to go out and beat a man? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, bringing a rookie in I think is, is, is very simple. You know, you bring him in and you let him know you're going to do these one or two things this year. <laughs> you know, don't really focus right. on too much. You know, if you go and you're, about to, you're going to get a guy that can run, you know, look, you're going to be the MVS of the offense. You're going to, you know, blow it off the top, run a couple of these routes, but it's not going to be too confusing for you. You know, we have a really good run game, really good O-line. We have Lazar. We have Randall Steele who can run those routes and things like that. So you're going to do one or two things just so you can play extremely fast and, and we'll get you up to speed as the season goes on, you know. Um, that that's what I would do with a rookie if I'm going if I'm going to get a rookie. Plug him in if I'm going to get a speedster, let him run, but you know, you're not gonna put too much on him. You know, and that's why I say, you know, you need to go get a veteran and I don't know too many veterans that don't wanna come in here and I know money's always the issues, but I don't know if it's too many veterans in here that don't wanna come play with Aaron Rodgers and have an opportunity to win a win a Super Bowl. You know, I think of guys like Jarvis Landry who's coming off of, you know, injury and you know coming coming from the Cleveland Browns a guy who's tough who's always reliable who knows how to play in the cold you know knows how to work the slot and to play outside as well you get a speech during the draft I think you add a Jarvis and, and a speech during the draft to what you already have in the receiver core you got a really strong receiver core to go on a really good offense do you did, were you surprised that Devontae left after everything that went down and the reports were that the Packers were willing to to kind of meet his demand, so to speak? I was surprised a little bit. You know, I, I, I was surprised. You know, I had an opportunity to talk to Devontae. I, I didn't I didn't know that you know it was even leading to this 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 direction until I kind of spoke with Devontae and had a conversation with Devontae, and he kind of told me, you know you know, things that he wanted and, you know, things that was going down and all that. So, I mean, I didn't I didn't really even, you know, know that it was going to lead this way. I definitely, even when I spoke with him, I knew he was going to get tagged. I definitely didn't see things going this way this fast, you know. Now, me knowing Devontae, talking to Devontae, having a conversation with Devontae, I knew that he was not going to sign that franchise tag. So, I was like, oh, shoot, this is going to be a standoff, but this will probably be something in training camp if Devontae doesn't show up. You know, it'll be a standoff. You know, who gonna, you know who's going who's gonna to last longer, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I did not see things going this way this fast, um, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, Devontae, the Packers organizations, whatever the conversations they had, felt like it was best to let Devontae go now and felt like it was best for them as an organization, you know, to be able to, you know, get a jump on it and figure out what you're going to do in the draft or free agents to be able to, to possibly try to replace them. Now, it, with with Randall being in that room still, you know, how much does he have on his shoulders to help whomever comes into that system to try to educate some of the young guys to get up to speed? I mean, because that's one of the reasons you would figure he's there is to be this 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 brain, this mentor, this guy that can help you study film. Absolutely. I think a lot of it's going to, um, you know, lean on Randall's shoulder strictly because he's played with Aaron the longest. He knows exactly what Aaron's thinking. He knows exactly what Aaron wants, whether you on the outside or the inside, you know, so he's going to be that mentor for these young in because he's he's he has the most experience with them you know he he understands what Aaron wants at at certain times in the game you know he understands what you need to do as a rookie to be able to have some opportunities to get the ball 
and things like that. So I think Aaron Rod, I mean, uh, Randall Cobb is going to be huge in that room uh, from the mental aspect of it to be able to help these young fellas as the season goes on because week by week it changes. You know, week by week you're going to need, you know, to hear different things. And Randall is that guy who's been in this thing for so long, been playing with Aaron for so long. Week by week he's he's been going through, you know, what it takes to be a professional. So he's going to be able to help those young guys out big. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to have a big role in the offense, you know, because he's he's the one that Aaron trusts is the most, and he's, pro- and he's probably going to be working in there in that slot and be able to have a lot of opportunities. So he's going to be big in that room on and off the field all season long. Talking with James Jones, the former Packers wide receiver with the NFL Network. You can catch his stuff there as an analyst. You can also follow him at 89JonesNTAF. Follow his stuff there. So, James, uh, the other teams in the NFC, I mean, for everything that's gone on in the AFC, and that's a whole other animal, but in the NFC, it's what? The Packers, Matthew Stafford, and uh, the the Rams, the Cowboys, uh, and then what? Uh, Tom Brady and company down in Tampa Bay, and then everybody else playing for second? I think that's right. I think you hit that right on the nose. I mean, obviously, we always have those teams that's going one one or two of those teams that's going to come out and surprise you and, you know, end up being a really good football team. You know, I still always, I never count the Minnesota Vikings out strictly because, you know, Kirk Cousins playing really good football. They got two phenoms on the outside. They got a phenom in the backfield. You got to believe their defense is going to be better. So, you know, I wouldn't count them out on, you know, having a successful season and being able to make some noise in there. But, yeah, those are the top dogs. You talk Rams, you talk Cowboys, you talk you talk Tom Brady, you talk the Packers. You know, I think those are going to be the top teams in the, in the NFC that's going to be competing when it gets to this playoff time. So real quick before I let you go, uh, and, and you look at the rest of this uh, this league, really, the shift from quarterbacks with all the tra- – can you remember a time that in an offseason has been this volatile, this trade-happy, so many guys, so many big names trading teams? Oh, this is madness. This is madness. I've never been a part of an offseason like this ever in my life. <laughs> um, since I've been playing, since I've been been an analyst, I mean, this this is crazy. I mean, you you talk big names, you're talking franchise players. You're not just talking big name guys. You got you you are talking franchise players at every position. You talk at the quarterback. You talk in the receiver position. Like this is you know this is this is this has been crazy. Crazy. You look at Devontae, you look at Tyreek Hill. I mean, those are franchise wide receivers that you want to build your team around, your receiver core around, your offense around. Obviously, you think about Russell Wilson, you know, and those guys like that. You know, even Matt Ryan, you know, seeing guys like that, it's just, it's strictly been crazy. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, but it's been wild. Um, I think we in in for a treat for this this football season coming up. Um, just all the big additions that's been added. Like I said, franchise guys on the move. You think of the pass rushers, the Chandler Jones, the Khalil Max. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's been a crazy, crazy off season, and I think it's going to lead up to one hell of a football season. I'm excited about it and ready for this thing to get started. All right, pal, you be good. Uh, we'll talk again real soon, but I look forward to talking to you down the road, too. Okay, thanks for the insight. Sounds good, brother. Not a problem. All right, buddy, talk to you later. There you go. James Jones, former Packers wide receiver, now with the NFL Network. He's an analyst for the NFL Network. You can follow him on Twitter at 89JonesNTAF. That's at 89JonesNTAF. But uh, you can see his stuff all the time on the NFL Network. And as he said, to win a Super Bowl... You had to have multiple weapons. 
you had Greg, you had James, you had Donald, you go through that whole list, you had George, you had all those guys. Then you had Jermichael, even though Jermichael wasn't in the Super Bowl. But to, you get my point. You had all those weapons, all those guys. They all could have been pretty much number ones. The only guy that probably wasn't going to be a number one on another team was probably Donald Driver at the time. But he was one of the best slot receivers in the league. You had all of those weapons. You needed them all. And you needed a defense to back them up. A defense that was loaded with the Defensive Player of the Year in Charles Woodson, pass rusher in Clay Matthews, best season he ever had in A.J. Hawk, the beef up front, B.J. Raji, Howard Green, Colin Jenkins. You go to C.J. Wilson, you go through that list. You had all those guys. And then a young Tremont Williams, a young Sam Shields, those guys, Nick Collins, who was on his way to a Hall of Fame career had he not ended up with a neck injury. All those guys. And and they won a Super Bowl. And now you look at this team and you think, okay, defensively they've upgraded and they have some really quality pieces on the defense. But offensively, you need weapons, man. It's, it's not going to be an easy road to go by any stretch of the imagination. The team's all in. But like he said, he was really surprised that Devontae just did not want to come back. Did not want to come back. Some really good stuff and insight from our buddy, uh, from James Jones. So thanks to him for joining the program for a couple of minutes. Hey, uh, if you've got choices, much like uh, we're just talking about right here, right now, um, you've got choices from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. All you got to do is add a patio door. Listen up. Right now, through the end of the month, you buy three Pella Windows, you save 500 bucks when you add a patio door. You buy six Pella windows, save a thousand bucks when you add a patio door. It goes from there. You see what I'm saying? The more windows you buy, you add a patio door, the more you're going to save ultimately. In addition to the unbeaten variety, with with by the way, six different lines, two lines of vinyl, impervia, three different wood lines, all of those lines. For your budget, for your taste, for your need, whatever it happens to be, you buy more, you save more when you just add a patio door with our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Again, PellaWI.com. And, and just go check it out. Or just call them 855-PELLA-WI. They'll come to your house. They'll custom measure. You can pick out the hardware. Uh, do you want a roll screen? Not a roll screen. Do you want a slider window? Not a slider window. Crank window, whatever it happens to be. They can, they've got something to fit your life, whatever it is. Check them out, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Or go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Final hour of the program. Great to have James Jones on with us, who had this to say. And I was talking about this all day when it came to uh, the amount of weapons that uh, he and I had a a conversation years ago. We were in Miami uh, for the Super Bowl just before the pandemic kind of hit. 
And we got into this discussion about wide receivers and weapons and, and what quarterbacks need and how many weapons is too much. And he got into this discussion about how the other guys had to really, really work because there were so many guys and so many good open weapons on that team that if the defense has found it hard to cover. Take a listen. Well, I mean, when you only have one guy, I mean, you know what? It's really the best of both worlds because when you look at Devontae, and, you know, he, he didn't really have a lot of help on, on, on the other side of him at the wide receiver position. So when you look at that, you automatically know coming into the ball game that you're going to get a lot of targets if you're Devontae. You know, that Aaron will be looking for you. You're going to get a lot of targets. You know what I mean? To be able to make some plays. So that's a bonus, right? But another thing you're going to get is you're going to get all the attention. You're going to get the best cover corner on you you might even have some safety help over the top you so you know it's it's a little bit more difficult to get open you know and you know that's why Devontae is so special because everybody know the football is going to him year after year after year game after game play after play and he still continues to find his ways to get open Matt LaFleur did an excellent job of moving him around you know in the offense and creating ways for him to get the ball so you know that that's what makes him so special you know, when you have myself, Jordy, Donald, Greg, Randall, you know, a bunch of guys that can really play, I mean, it's really pick your poison. The only sucky thing about it is, is you know that one day, one game could be my day, the next game could be Jordy's day, the next game could be Greg's day, you know, and you might not get a lot of opportunities. But the good thing is, is you know, that you're not always going to have the best guy on you, and that will be your time to eat, and it just makes it that much harder on the defense. So there you go. There you go. When you've got that many guys, it makes it that much harder on the defense. When you have just one legit guy or no legit guys, it's not that tough, defensively speaking. Now, the the X factor in all of this, of course, is Aaron Rodgers. Which, you know, if Aaron Rodgers has the season that he has had in the past i would i would assume if he puts up the same numbers this year as he's done over the last couple of years it'll be one of his best performances ever for what he has um but you know now this is also what james jones talked about when it comes to you know the rookies uh and and landry and company take a listen yeah to be honest with you bringing a rookie in i think is, is is very simple you know, you bring him in and you let him know you're going to do these one or two things this year. <laughs> you know, don't really focus right. on too much. You know, if you go and you're, about to, you're going to get a guy that can run, you know, look, you're going to be the MVS of the offense. You're going to, you know, blow it off the top, run a couple of these routes, but it's not going to be too confusing for you. You know, we have a really good run game, really good O-line. We have Lazar. We have Randall Steele who can run those routes and things like that. So you're going to do one or two things just so you can play extremely fast and, and we'll get you up to speed as the season goes on, you know. Um, that that's what I would do with a rookie if I'm going if I'm going to get a rookie. Plug him in. If I'm going to get a speedster, let him run. But you know, you're not going to put too much on him. You know, and that's why I say, you know, you need to go get a veteran. And I don't know too many veterans that don't want to come in here. And I know money is always the issues, but I don't know if it's too many veterans in here that don't want to come play with Aaron Rodgers and have an opportunity to win a win a Super Bowl. You know, I think of guys like Jarvis Landry who's coming off of you know 
injury and, you know, coming coming from the Cleveland Browns, a guy who's tough, who's always reliable, who knows how to play in the cold, you know, knows how to work the slot and to play outside as well. You get a speedster in the draft. I think you add a Jarvis and, and a speedster in the draft to what you already have in the receiver core. You got a really strong receiver core to go on a really good offense. There you go. That's James Jones talking just a little bit earlier about what this team has. And I They've got a lot of pieces, just need some additional weapons. Just need some additional weapons. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, you know, find us. But going back to what he said, Jarvis Landry coming off injury, you got a couple of guys in the draft you might be able to grab and, and be able to, to coach him up. But, it, you know. That's the only area of concern, but it's a big area of concern to make the offense go because I don't know how I, I the defense, I believe, can be near top 10. I believe they can be near top 10, maybe even higher if things all go right and, and health remains the same. However, let's say it falters a bit and it's a 13, 12, 14 area type of defense, okay, right? There's no way that team will sustain without an offense that can put up 27 points a game. Won't happen. 877-867-1670. There you go. There you go. Uh, this is from Mac Daddy, who says, uh, I think the Packers are probably going to finish first in their division and falter after a game or two in the postseason. This team just doesn't have that same snap as other teams have had in the past. Uh, JB Motorcycles says, uh, I don't think the Packers have the same weapons and the ability to win games the way they did last year on strictly the arm of Aaron Rodgers. He has to have somebody to throw to. They don't have that right now. Let's wait and see. Uh, Jake says, no panic here, and Goody we trust. 877-867-1670, hit us up. Um, got a, Somebody wants to know my take on Robert Tanyan and what Rodgers can do with him this year compared to how Brady loves his tight ends. Um, I th- Well, Robert Tanyan's not Gronkowski, okay? When you've got Gronkowski to throw to, hell yeah. I mean, for a while he had Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez before Aaron Hernandez started killing people. So, yeah, he when you got that kind of a tight end, absolutely you love that guy. Robert Tanya's not that guy, and he's got to come back from injury. Tanya, I think, is a guy that can move the chains. He can get downfield in 20, 30 yards if you need it, uh, if he finds a seam. But remember, when you don't have Devontae to pull the extra safety, because everywhere Devontae went, there was always a safety floating over the top, always. You know, either he was double-teamed, or there was always a safety floating into that area, which gave you the seam down the middle, and that's what Tanya was really good at exploiting. If you don't have that, then I think everybody struggles. Not just Robert Tanya, but if you've got man coverage on Lazard, on whomever the Packers want to throw out there, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, you know, whomever, you know, and, and even rookies. Until a rookie really begins to prove himself, you know, Look at a guy like Jawan Jawan Winfrey, um, Malik Taylor. Malik Taylor's got a ton of speed, but he's not a premier pass catcher. You know, 
you need a couple of premier pass catchers or a veteran that's really savvy enough to get loose, you know? So I I still think, look, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. Dillon's become a better receiver out of the backfield, too. Robert Tanyan can maybe go over the seam, maybe move the chains for you, but you're not going to pick up as much space, yards after the catch, if you will, because guys aren't going to have to play as deep. They're not going to have to worry about the speed of a Marquez Valdez-Scantling or the ability to get downfield with a safety floating over the top of a Devontae Adams. You can just play press man on the outside, base coverage in the middle, and and you're probably going to be able to really press the Packers into second and third and long situations and then be able to get off the field. This is where it's going to really come, really this year. If they don't get anybody of ilk, this is where it's really going to come in this year that Matt LaFleur's offense, Aaron Rodgers' ability to run it and, and, and exa- you know, kind of uh, expound upon it is really, really, really going to become paramount for this team to be able to score points. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again, 877-867-1670. If you're going to go anywhere, stop down, see Joette and the gang down at Nice Ash Cigar Bar, downtown, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Great place, great smokes, really good bourbons and scotches down there, too. They have a huge and growing selection if you're into the finer things when it comes to a good cigar, good scotch, good whiskey, whatever it happens to be. Also, if you're going to go for some good food, check out the new smoker that they have out on Okachi Lake, and that is from our friends at Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water, fantastic place to go eat, even better view from the deck out back once the weather kind of breaks if you're looking for a small gathering or a party they ju- they're getting ready to open the party room downstairs plenty of great things going on at smoke on the water out in okachi lake stop in and sa- tell joe and ellen hennis we said hello stay tuned more of the bill michael show it's all coming up next covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Oh, yeah. Bill Michaels show on a Tuesday. Looking forward to the uh, par three challenge tomorrow at the Masters. Opening day for baseball on Thursday. It's going to be nasty down in Chicago. I'll tell you that right now. 45 degrees, wind 15 to 20 miles an hour. 15 to 20 miles an hour down there. And uh, then on top, well, at least the wind is blowing out. At least the wind's going to be blowing out of Wrigley Field. So if you if you pop one into the air, maybe it uh, maybe it escapes the ballpark. But the Brewers, for those just tuning us in, going to be without their uh, their catcher or backup catcher, Pedro Severino, who has uh, tested positive for a banned substance, and he is not contesting it. He is indeed going to uh, going to uh, you know take the eighty game suspension without pay. And go from there. So that's uh, a little bit disappointing news. But other than that, the, the Brewers just trying to stay as healthy as they can as they get ready to uh, come to Chicago. One more one more spring training game, and then that's it. Off you go, out of the cold weather, into the cold weather, and a little bit of a little bit of a shocker. It's supposed to warm up this weekend at least, as uh, they're going. I think uh, at least here in the Milwaukee area, it's going to be upper 40s, lower 50s, and then into the 50s and 60s early next week. We're hoping for some really nice weather come opening day for the home opener at American Family Field 
And don't forget, we are going to be live that day. I just, just got uh, a text back. And we're going to have Kevin Holden from CBS 58 is going to stop by. Andrew Wagner uh, from Forbes.com covering the Brewers. He's going to stop by Stenny's. And a good old friend from years gone by, our buddy, I believe, Chuck Freeman, is going to come by and say hello. From days gone by working at the old joint. Chucker is going to be joining me. So we're going to have some people on site down there. It's going to be fun. Look forward to it. We're going to have a pretty solid opening day broadcast as we get you ready for uh, Brewers baseball. We're going to start the morning with some baseball, Bloody Marys, and a lot of some Bud Light. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Some bread, some of the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, some wings. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait for the opening day broadcast. Again, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Also uh, by our friends at Bud Weiser, the official beer sponsor of Major League Baseball. But, yeah, really looking forward to it. Big time looking forward to it. Uh, hey, if you're going to go anywhere else, uh, whether it's opening day to catch a game, fish fry on a Friday night, whatever it happens to be, check out our friends uh, over at Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles Old 109. Jeff and Alicia, they do uh, such a great job. I just saw that they were at the Elton John concert the other night as well. They're such a great couple. Good, good people. But uh, stop out to Stoley's in Summit, which is an Oconomowoc, or Stoles Old 109, when a uh, great place to go watch a game. They open up those garage doors. You sit outside at the bar. You can look inside, watch the games uh, up in Watertown. Another good place to go. Another good place to go. Uh, this is from Will, who says, looking forward to the opening day broadcast. What time does Stenny's open? I My assumption is 10. We're going to get down there about 8 in the morning, start setting up, getting the uh, getting the equipment in getting the stage all set up and ready to go. And my assumption is when we go on the air, bam, there you go. How are we looking? I got to check with our buddy Ryan Stenny down there, though. Uh, Ridgeway Nutt hits us up and says uh, regarding uh, Pedro Severino, he said, I'm wishing him good luck with the pregnancy. Um, now, Lambo West hits me up on Twitter and says, look, women take this drug to help ovulate for fertility problems. Would a man accidentally take this medication? Clearly, he was using steroids and used the drug to mask the steroid. Now, um, I don't know why a doctor would prescribe him that medication. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I'm just merely passing on the information. I agree that would be something that you would take if the steroids, the testosterone was really high in your body and you needed to reduce it because you knew tests were most likely coming so it wouldn't set off alarm bells. I understand that. Beyond that, don't know. Don't know. So whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. I'm just merely passing it along and now we we wait and see uh, what the Brewers do without him. And again, going back, if you look at the number of games, 80 games, as a backup catcher, unless Narvaez, knock on wood, goes down with an injury, hopefully he doesn't. But if Narvaez doesn't go down with an injury, you're going to probably see maybe 20 games, Something like that for Mario, if Mario Feliciano is the guy, unless they find somebody else off the market, you're probably going to be seeing maybe 20, 
25 games. Maybe Narvaez just kind of has to suck it up for the first half of the season and uh, and give you everything he has. You hope he doesn't you know lose his knees, lose his back, and get tired and fatigued and such. Uh, you'd like to be able to mix it up, or maybe you you know you win some series and you you know you're you're playing Feliciano early on against Pittsburgh and such, and you know hopefully you can beat up on the Pirates and get some wins with Feliciano behind the plate, and then when it matters in those in those series and you have to have Narvaez back, you you got him back. You know I'm not saying any any game is easy to win. You're only as good as the next day starting pitcher, but you get what I'm saying. You know any game you can win without Severino being needed is one step ahead of the game because he's 80 games out, then he's going to come back, and you hope that at least offensively with his prowess that he's able to pick up where he left off via spring training. And you certainly hope that it wasn't a byproduct. His offensive output is not a byproduct of something nose-bending illegal, so to speak. You know? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Justin says double headers, though, are going to be extremely hard. That I agree, 100%. Early on in this season, uh, you're going to need Feliciano for some of those games, no doubt. Double headers, you can't do it. You're going to have to. And any game, again, any game you can win without the need of Narvaez is just another get us through until Severino comes back. Just another one of those. You hang in there for it. So, I look, it, it's we're, we're while he was hitting the ball extremely well and optimism was high in spring training, it's not the end of the season. It's not like you lost Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or Josh Hader. I mean, you know, you, you're the backup catcher which is a tough role to fill, but the backup catcher is what we're talking about here. So all is not lost by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Fred, bring back the Pineapple Express. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, one more. Let's step away. Take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you, the Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. Trio Williams. Good, good stuff. Hey, uh, if you are looking for some uh, some good food, Mexican food, uh, we only have one Mexican food sponsor on the program. That's our friends at the Wrestling Taco. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm swinging over that way later today. Going to be out and about doing a few things. I'm going to stop in and say hi to Marcus and Nicole. They are going to be over there at 84th Street, just south of the State Fair Park in West Dallas, Wisconsin. If you're looking for uh, tacos, enchiladas, burritos, chimichangas, if you're looking to go in and watch a game, sit in that theater seating, the big screen TV up in front of you, eat it all, margaritas, oh, my God, so good. Stop over to the Wrestling wrestling Taco, 84th Street, just south of State Fair Park, a couple of blocks, and uh, right there on the corner. uh, Just go south on 84th Street from State Fair Park, and you'll find it. Really good stuff. So we talked about this the other day. The Major League Baseball umpires are going to start explaining things via NFL refs, the way they do it, 
to the crowd. Uh, so we have our first mic'd up umpire call. Take a listen. After review, the call is confirmed. The batter was hit by the pitch. The Los Angeles Angels lose their challenge. That's it. The call is confirmed. The call is confirmed. We now have that via instant replay and challenge. And they explain. I still think this sucks. I think this system is flawed. I think this system is problematic. I think this system needs one guy in each stadium who is bipartisan and looks to the videotape and says, wait a minute, we just got to take a look at this. And then you get it right. It's right there on the videotape. You get it right. He buzzes the umpire, say, hang on a second, got to take another look at this. Umpire gets on the headset. The guy says, yeah, he did this. No, he didn't do that. Yeah, the ball was fair. It hit the line. No, the ball was foul. It was just outside of the line, whatever it happens to be. Made it over there. And then that's it. The umpire comes back and goes, it's done. Here you go. It's what happened. And that way we don't have managers standing at the top of the stairs and looking forward, looking down the tunnel for a guy in a corner in a room by himself watching TV and all that kind of crap. Just get on with it. I still think it's flawed. But I am going to enjoy some of the explanations. So now at least we can understand some of the calls that look so obvious to you and I, but get called differently than uh, um, you know via the uh, via the television call or differently via the replay, I should say. So oh, it's going to make up for the four minute review they do. I think. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I think I would rather have long reviews that make no sense and are pointless if the umpire then has to say three sentences into a microphone. I'd rather have that than no reviews at all. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be hilarious. I uh, am not a fan of this, uh, but I do appreciate the fact that it will be explained. Now, uh, this I will say. There have been how many times have we looked at a replay in Major League Baseball and you're hearing Bill Schroeder, Brian Anderson, whomever's calling a game go, oh, this is a no-brainer. Look at that. Uh, there it is. He's tagged him out. He's got this. He's got that. Only to come back and it's different. You know, it's an out. It's got to be an out. It's going to be an out. Don't worry about it. And then they come back and they go, nope, safe. And they put the arms out. And, and you're like, what the hell did they see? So at least now we get that explanation as to what it is they see as opposed to what it is we see which are two different things many of the time. So at least now we'll get the explanation as to what it is. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking, looking forward to this. I think what's even funnier is you heard the guy. He just said the batter is hit by the pitch. I don't even think they're going to explain anything. I just think they're going to say their call. And yeah. People get I, more mad. He's just going to get the, yeah, it's confirmed, and it's going to go from there. And I that I'm not looking forward to. I would like to say him to say, elaborate on it. You're right. Say, yeah, it confirms the batter was hit by the pitch. He got hit in the upper forearm or it glanced off of his shoulder. Explain it a little bit, you know? There's so, going to be, like, one guy who does that. Like how Ed Hockley would juice right. the bicep. Like, as long oh, as the yeah. camera's on his biceps, he's a happy guy. I think there's going to mm -hmm. be one umpire who just likes the spotlight. That I will agree with. Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez will like the like the spotlight. Wait until you can challenge balls and strikes. Then that'll be theme. Angel Hernandez will do everything but look at you, uh, look right into the uh, either the eye of the camera to the rest of the fans in the stadium 
or those watching out out you know out out in La La Land, and he's going to look and go, "I was right, told you so," and he's going to do it with arrogance, and people are going to want want to just go after him after the game because Angel Hernandez is that guy. I'm right. Don't challenge me. How dare you? And uh, and he'll you know, and then afterwards, you know, once the camera's off of him, he'll flip the bird to the crowd or something. <laughs> he just. He always seems like he's got to be right. He cannot be wrong. Cannot be wrong. Well, we're talking about growing the game. I think games are right. grown best by hatred, you know? Right? That I agree. Well, it was always good rivalries when you saw, you know, an umpire behind the plate, Country Joe West, going back years before instant replay. And some of the arguments that would take place behind a plate, they were epic. You know, we don't have managers blowing up anymore. You just don't. You don't see Lou Pinella heaving first base into right field. You don't see Earl Weaver turning the ball cap around so he can get even closer in the face of the umpire. You don't see Billy Martin covering up home plate anymore. You know, just the antics of going, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's just losing it. And, and and being able to not only talk about the game, but then the absolute mental breakdown that takes place from some of these managers. You don't have that anymore. You know, what you have is just uh, go to the replay. Okay. And then, you know, all right, well, that's what it says. Talk to you later. During COVID, Nothing. we used to have the all the managers would run up to the umpire to yell at them and then take their mask down and proceed to spit right. in their face as opposed right. to keeping it on, which is the only time they are actually near people. Right. found that hilarious. Oh, yes. Um... By the way, Eric says one more step to kill the game a little bit more, uh, but you might as well lean closer to the NFL uh, because they dwarf Major League Baseball in popularity anyway. Um, Eric says managers don't go ballistic anymore because managers don't have the passion. It's all about the money, no rivals. Uh, going entry, doing the extra something to win, sadly. No, it's because it's really, what do you argue? If if New York is looking at a replay telling you, no, he tagged him out, what are you, what are you arguing? That you, no, no, he still got him? When they're looking at a replay that basically shows, no, he tagged him here, you would assume. I mean, unless you've got a guy in the tunnel that's screaming, no way, I don't know what they're seeing, but they're screwing us. You know, okay, then a guy may, you know, then a manager may run out and go, wait a minute, my guy sees it different. Or maybe a manager runs down the tunnel and looks at a replay or something again. But beyond that, I mean, it's, you know, what what are you going to do? It's not a lack of passion. It's a lack of evidence. You know, back in the day, you could argue the balls and strikes. You could argue the outs and fairs and fouls. You know, I mean, you could do that. Now you got a player, say it's a close play at first base, runs to first base, says he's safe, and he's pointing at the manager going, no, good, challenge it, challenge it, challenge it. And the manager's standing at the top of the step, and there's a guy in the dugout going, you know, in the clubhouse going, no, he was out. The ball actually beat him by maybe a half step. It was a bang-bang play. And the manager looks down at the guy and goes, eh, Sorry. You know, meanwhile, the home plate umpire is cleaning the plate with a brush, doing it like Picasso, trying to you know, create a painting, waiting to see if the manager is actually going to challenge it. And the rest of the fans are all yawning and eating pretzels. That's why I believe you should have one guy upstairs 
with a buzzer. That's it. That's it. That would at least give you every now and then a manager coming out and screaming and yelling, going, wait a minute. You're not even going to look at that? Are you crazy? Are you kidding me? And the, the umpire's like, I have nothing to do with it. The guy upstairs said, no, it was it was as called. I'm looking, looking forward to that. That's it for the day. Boy, that was fast. Holy mackerel. Good, good stuff. Back at it again tomorrow. I can't wait. We're only a couple of days away from baseball. Can't wait. Good stuff today, everybody. Way to go. Give yourself a round of applause. Nice. Nice. Time for us to get out of here until you and I talk again in 20 hours from right now. Hang in there. Have a going. Hoop. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.